Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. Stephanie Hansen here. We are so happy to have you with us on a little bit of a soggy Saturday. I, I don't feel, know. I feel a little bad for the Art of World folks. I know. Just because this is a cool, rainy outdoor day. This is a this is an event filled weekend. This is the hard part. It and really so, is. you know, between Burger Battle in St. Paul and Art of World in Minneapolis, and then we've got. You know, Rosé Fest is inside this year for the first time, which is smart on Chuck's part. Yep. But, you know, there's just lots of stuff going on. Um, And it's going to be a little bit soggy. The thing we know about you Minnesotans, too, is you are hardy. Yeah. I got a call. Just you give me the weather report, St. Paul. I'm going to give you the Ely weather report. (laughs) Ooh, cold. A little bit of snow fell this morning. I don't want to hear that weather report. I know, and I can't. I'm like, we're supposed to be planting. and Yeah, that's that whole thing. It's yeah, not I'm going to have like four weeks of growing season, but it'll be fun to talk about. Yeah, I uh, got, I, I had like a mowing my lawn panic yesterday. Like, it, can I get home in time to get it mowed before it rains? And then I went out for fried chicken anyway, so it doesn't matter. I didn't do it. I feel like everything's growing slow anyway. Well, like, it is because it's, 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 so, it's a little chillier. The ground's chillier. not warm enough. Yeah. yeah. And my bottom of the, la- you know, my lot is the like... back 40? The back 40 is uh, pretty swampy. Yeah. Like you, I watched a fox walking in front of my garden area, you know, and it was like, ooh, ooh, like lifting its feet going like, mucky, mucky. I was like, That's yeah, brother. That's really funny. That is mucky over there. No yeah, one is mowing that. You still live in the boondocks. I told you, I had, you guys, there is a turkey. She is just hanging out all the time down by the garden. I'm like, I just want to go out and tell her that there's been a fox in the area and she should not do any eggs over there because it's not good. But like, they don't listen. So no. I must have I must have had to uh, stop for like three different packs of deer also at dusk the other day nice. as I was driving. So I had to stop for three teenagers that looked like they were stealing their 25th bike <laughs> <laughs> in St. Paul. There's We're city in America, that by the is, way, according oh, to USA Today. Maybe not America. It was in Minneapolis, in Minnesota. It was the oh, worst city in Minnesota. Got it. I so thought like, it was America. If, I mean, I'm thinking like Baltimore might take exception. How about Alabama? Just, you know, throwing <laughs> yeah, that out there. Yeah, the entire state of Alabama. <laughs> uh, that is the, yeah, what do you think about that? Is Well, we know how you feel about, uh, let's see, the, the snow removal. We know how you feel about that. Terrible. We know how you feel about garbage situations. Terrible. We know how you feel about uh, fireworks and supporting civic fun anything things. fun. Yeah. Terrible. So you're sort of a St. Paulite who oh, may agree. No, no nice ride bikes in the city of St. Paul. You because, know that, right? No, they're like not allowing it. No, or? they didn't resign the contract. Oh. So when you get on your nice ride bike over by the University of Minnesota and you cross over the river, oh, sorry, can't come here. Oh, it's insane. Is it budgets? Is it all budget? Crunching no, some and putting dumb money in the other area at the Capitol made some decision about, oh, we don't want those bikes. But how about we have a thousand lime scooters? That's really 2020. Oh, yeah. We've got a lot of scooters, no bikes. OK. Yep. How are those scooters? I mean, like, I've ridden the scooters, but I haven't. Have you ridden on them? Once. Okay. They're fun. Yeah, I find them to be fun. They're a little dangerous. I don't. Um, Yeah. I think, like, if you can't, if you can ride a bike, can't ride a bike without a helmet safely, you probably should be scooting with a helmet. But it, I do notice a lot of the college kids on them, like over by St. Thomas and McAllister. And I'm going to re up what I said last spring or last fall when they first started coming out. Which is, there's just a packs of dudes everywhere on these scooters, so they're called duders in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, look at the packs of duders everywhere. Here's just, something. Like, white tech dudes, too. Like, that's who it is. <laughs> there are packs of them everywhere. And college kids. Yeah. Here's one other thing I just saw today that is fantastic. So when you ride your bike, 
you know, it's hard to know as a car and as the bike how much lane safety you need because the three feet rule, there really isn't three feet for you to be on your bike at all times in your bubble, right? Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. So this lady has a um, noodle that is attached to the back of her seat. And the noodle is either on the right side or the left side. And the car sees the noodle and it gives her that much space. I'm not clear on this. Okay. It's so you outside know what, her car? It's, it's, a, it's on a bike. Oh. A swimming noodle. Okay. You know, the styrofoam noodles. Yeah. She has it attached to the bike seat. Got it. To the right or to the left, depending on which is the right of the way on the road she's riding. Yeah. So it gives her that three feet of space. The car sees the, the noodle. noodle and doesn't want to touch That's it. That's right. Huh. So it's like she's it's changed her biking life. Who is this? This is a woman you talked to. I read it online. Oh, but if you see me with a noodle, noodle on my on bike, your butt. <laughs> going down Summit Avenue. Because there's a bike lane, but to the right, the cars are parked, so you're worried a door's going to open and take you out. On the left, the cars are coming, so they're you know it's nerve wracking. I think the weirdnesses of all the bike, oh, the Stephanie. way that there's nothing consistent, and some cars you're parking in the middle of the street, like on Nicollet. I'm like, these cars, what are they doing here? And they're like, well, they're parked there because there's bikes there. And I'm like, I what? know it's it's hard and it's weird. And you don't know it, like no. you don't. There's nothing that it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel normal. It doesn't and feel can like you go in a intuitive? bike lane to turn right. You have to. And that's what those green hashtags are, is that you're supposed to sort of like wean your way over. I know, but nobody really knows. And I like crossed over to turn and I, there was no bike in that lane. Okay. But there, if there would have been a bike, like I was like, oh, can I turn? Like, is that okay? Even if there's a bike coming, if I give them, you give them the right of way. Okay. So like if you see them coming up behind you, you wait until they go. Someone's going to call us and tell us like all the bike rules that I, I like. please don't. I mean, well, no, I, maybe so. I don't, I don't know. I don't I try I'm trying to be very respectful of bikes and I'm very terrified of people who like don't look for bikes. You know what I mean? But I just I just feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe we need to all go back to like a refresher class or something. Yeah, probably. And uh, if it's changing in every single lane. I know. I wow. Know. Okay. We the bike ramp. Okay. So there was that. Who knew that was coming? Um. I uh. I uh. Went to the Fitz last night. I would like to hear about yes. the Fitz so, in St. Paul. And Sutton is that I, what it's called now? Not Fitzgeralds anymore. Yeah, just the Fitz. I mean, it's called the Fitz, and I think I don't it's think they've changed fastier. their. Yeah, they haven't changed their social media necessarily. So I was trying to figure out how to tag them and stuff. But basically, uh, Justin Sutherland and his crew. You know, when they took over the Madison Group, the Fitzgerald you know, bar up on uh, Cathedral Hill was part of the package that he then took over. And so they have revamped. Uh, they decided that it needed a refresher. It wasn't doing great. Um, they, re- they, you know, if you remember, it was mostly bar. I mean, the Fitz itself went, or the Fitzgeralds went under a couple of renovations itself. It had a fantastic bar that they yeah. redid. What was it first called? Salt Cellar or something yes, like that. Yes, and I That's liked that place, but yeah. it was really ill-fitting into the neighborhood. Yeah. I liked the food, though. That was Alan Burgos' food. Yeah, so they, but they basically lightened it up. They painted, you know, t- with white and gray tones, which is the fashion du jour. Every house going up in my neighborhood is either like white, gray, or navy blue. With navy kitchens. Yes, navy kitchens everywhere, which I already have, which was, I did it first. Just, just to be sure. Anyway, <laughs> I've um, never even seen your kitchen. I know you still. haven't. Well, this is only this. This is only this like Second the phase kitchen. Yeah, phase two. Anyway, they uh, so they put in some pizza ovens and they did some good stuff. And they are because Graham Messenger, who is the chef there, is still the chef there, but he's a big deep dish pizza fan. So they were like, "Why don't we just do that?" And there, I don't think there's any pizza in that neighborhood. We were thinking about Red it. Red Rabbit. 
Um, no, no, no. Punch. I mean, like we're talking Cathedral Hill, like that immediate neighborhood. Well, Red Rabbit's pretty close. Red Rabbit is all the way on Grand. I guess I'm just used See, to traveling. I know. I'm thinking like if you're walking in that neighborhood, if you're yeah, in the neighborhood, walking. Like, like on that street, when you consider all the restaurants on the street and there's no pizza. Yeah, nothing walking. That's interesting. Yep. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, definitely there's plenty of pizza in town and, and in the area. But... Um, but so that he, they did deep dish. They and have a no couple. deep dish. Yeah. And this Except is the other for thing. Giovanni's or green mill would be the closest. Yeah, you're right. Down but by college. Why do people, we are not a deep dish town and like people <sighs> who are like transplants, they all want their Chicago deep dish and they will tell you what is right and what is not right about it. But I as, had my recent, I went to Giordano's and had a pizza and begged my people that I was with to go with me because I wanted to have a deep dish. Yeah. Just, I felt like I was eating flour, salt, and water. Like, you know, when you're a little kid and you make dough? Yeah. I felt like that's what the crust was. Yeah. With a bunch of cheese and some sloppy sauce. It looked pretty. Yeah. It tasted like butt. Well, and Giordano's is a chain that is out of Chicago. That is, you know, some people. so sad. And people from Chicago, some of them are like, oh, yeah, I love it. But a lot of them are like, no, that's not the one. So I don't know. But this one, just to be clear, you're not talking about the deep dish at the Fitz because we haven't tried. You haven't tried it. That's correct. But. Um, it was, I, and, and I don't usually on media preview days do a, like a major evaluation of anything. Cause you know, I know what's it's going early. on. Yeah. Well, and they're putting something up specifically in like a quiet, nice little moment, which may not be the same thing that you get. Good point. Later. So I, I, but I mean, I was, I, I, if I lived in that area and I, there was deep dish in a, at a bar, I would be psyched okay. for that. So that's all I'm going to say. You'll probably hear more about. Me and the I'm sure dish. that yeah I'm I'm actually this is this will be the last time I talk about it because you I'm sure will talk about it because it's in your hood yeah I'll go for yeah. sure I think that's a good idea um I just want to let you know that I had I again visited upon my favorite fried chicken last night <laughs> okay I was sitting at my desk yesterday at work and just I have copy due and when copy comes due you know and I'm sort of slaving on it I don't I get distracted easily. And I literally couldn't decide if I wanted to go get a salad for lunch or if I should like go get some fried chicken somewhere. <laughs> fried and chicken. I don't know. I don't even know. I just was having this battle in my soul of fried chicken or salad. And I basically put it on the Twitters and people were, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you this. I can't tell you the, the amount of wonderful, like clearly mothering souls who are trying to fix me by saying, you can have both put fried chicken on your salad. Okay, wait. People. Let's take a break and talk about this in the next break. Okay, we can. Who does it make you happy? Because we're going to come back to it. Okay. Okay, we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Seth March. And we were just sort of musing about foods that make you happy. You were talking about like copies do. Yeah. You're kind of stressed. Right. And so I was trying to decide if I wanted to go get fried chicken or salad, knowing that I needed salad. Like I could use some more vegetables in my life. So I need salad. But what I want was fried chicken. And what was funny to me is people suggesting that I do just put it together just to have a fried chicken salad. And I'm like, not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Like if I'm doing one, if I'm picking salad, it's because 
I'm trying to do better. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm taking a pause from the other things that I'm eating and trying to like get more veggies in my life. So that's one thing. If I'm getting fried chicken, I want saucy, hot, crispy fried chicken that I maybe sauce up with some hot sauce and just like crunch into and get greasy. And I don't want to like fork it and then get some sauce on it with like my lettuce. <laughs> I don't want that. Like the but I'm not worst saying accent yeah, in Minnesota. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying anything like there are times where a fried chicken salad sounds pretty good, but that's not when you're, when you're like trying to like there's two devils on your shoulder right you're not gonna like marry them i've been having some trouble with the devils on my shoulder this week because i had a a family member fall ill this week unexpectedly and it's been just traumatic and you know i'm doing so good on my eating and i'm fasting and then at nine o'clock at night every the world is done and i'm sitting in my kitchen alone yeah and i'm either like Yesterday, I ate two bags of microwave popcorn in a row with Velvet Bee's honey butter all over both of the bags. Wow. One after another. Yeah. And I had not eaten most of the day. Like, I was pretty good. So I'm like, okay, my body does not like this plan right now. No. Especially when I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. Yes. Yeah. Don't eat for most of the day and then eat an entire pint of ice cream kind of eating. That's a bad thing. Yeah. It's, it's bad happening. Cycle. So it's I, happening. Was, hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about foods that. So I had a big week, like a lot of traumatic, life-affirming, life stuff stuff. happened where I was just like, oh, wow, this is a lot. Yeah. And I was like, food makes me happy. Yeah. Like, I think about, okay, this traumatic event has happened, and now I need to, like, eat something, and what is the food that's going to make me happy? So when you're picking fried chicken over salad, is it the devil that you... Is it the good versus bad eating or is it just like comfort food eating? No, I think it's mostly like I was craving. I was craving fried chicken. Like I haven't had fried chicken. I mean, I should look on my feed, but I haven't had it for a long, long time. I still remember the last time you had a lot of fried chicken. You did a story about fried chicken and your car smelled like fried chicken for like. Oh, that was that was like years ago. That is still like in my memory where you were like, if I have to eat fried chicken one more day. Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, I think Butcher and the Boar was when we had the Four Bells fried chicken. Which was that was the last time I had fried chicken. So I was sort of thinking about it in terms of like, I must have read a story about it or something. I'm super suggestive. And then I kind of uh, was like. Oh, yeah, I really. And then I started imagining the fried chicken at Minnetonka Drive-In, which I knew was in my neighborhood. And really, I was I was sort of projecting it till later tonight. Like like I was thinking about it for dinner later because I knew that I had to still go to the fits and I did eat pizza. Like I had a couple pieces of pizza, but I knew that that wasn't going to be my dinner. And then I was thinking, okay, should it be salad? Because that that would probably make me feel better because, hey, kids going to the burger battle and eating 20 burgers today. (laughs) So it's all like logical and it makes sense. But then there's that part where you're like. Uh, I just really want some of that fried chicken. What are the foods that like make like if you're having a day and you want to be like in your cozy, happy, like this is the food I'm going to eat that makes you feel happy. What are they or are they restaurant foods or cooking foods? Because yeah, I have both. I don't think I can say that it's a thing. I think it's I'm super I'm super in the moment and I'm super seasonal in terms of like it may be congee. If it's cold out, like today, I woke up and I'm like, why can't I have a restaurant that has congee that I can just quickly go like grab Like in it? Chicago, like you yes, had with Yes, like Joey. that Mott yeah. Street. And so, but like the other day when I woke up, when it was 80 degrees out, you know, and stuff, it was, I, I, all I wanted was like a caprese salad. Like I wanted tomatoes. Yep. So I don't think I'm, I don't think, I think I'm, I don't have like a solid track on that, but 
Um, I mean, I, let me be honest about everything. A cheeseburger will make me happy every day of the week. Pretty much me too. Yeah. And it's a good solid plate of fries. How about um, like pizza sometimes can really do it for me. Like really? if I'm having like sadness or just feeling like a day, I either would get like the Ruby Ray at yeah. Pizza Luce, which is sort of the upside down pizza or the taco pizza at Maverick's Pizza. And I eat it by myself. I get delivery. It comes. I sit by myself and eat the whole thing. And I just feel happy. Do you see? Yes. I don't see. This is not the, we are not in the same. I have a craving. I know, I'm realizing as we're talking yeah, that this I is have not the food same. psychosis. You have, I mean, this is actually, I'm going to get a little worried for you right now. I know, because, because my next one. Oh God. Okay. My next it? one. No, this one's not so worrisome. Okay. When I'm sick or when I've like had a day and I need like someone's arms around me to just say everything's going to be okay, the way that comes is my husband's creamy fettuccine pasta. Like he makes the best fettuccine. It's the old TGI Fridays recipe from the 80s. Yeah. Sometimes he'll put like sausage and tomatoes in it. Sometimes he'll put vegetables in it. Sometimes it's just a plate just of creamy a plate pasta. Just a plate of noodles and cream and cheese. And Not cream cheese, but That cream makes me feel loved and happy and just like satisfied and that's because it's from him because it's not like you would go and get that at tgi fridays and feel the same thing right but i have so many feelings attached to it yeah and if i'm sick a lot of times like you want that he'll be like do you want me to make you creamy pasta oh god when you're sick really (laughs) oh god that would be way too much for me okay another one that i was thinking about because i was talking to my mother-in-law about it she's like okay you're coming up to the cabin for the first time what do you want me to make And I was thinking like what she makes that I really like. I'm like, oh, please make your ricotta meatballs. She makes these. They're from the New York Times. It's a meatball that is full of ricotta cheese mixed in with the bread. So it's super light and they're airy. Yeah. Actually, I don't even think they have bread. They're very light and airy. And then she makes just a simple like basil and tomatoes sauce. That sounds delicious. And all together with spaghetti or without spaghetti is just fantastic. That sounds delicious. Please make. And I realize like that makes me happy, too. Yeah, and I think that, again, okay, so the only, I think like anybody from the Emily Project would absolutely lose their mind at this discussion because the big thing is you don't want to use food as a substitute for happiness in your life. Like, because obviously it, it can take you down a road. I know. That is like not actually fixing your life, but then just ingesting a bunch of fettuccine Alfredo. And so there's a thing with that. And I, I'm hearing you and I but know that you're now not I'm gonna that get person. worse. Hazelton, yeah. be, on, be on call, please, because yes. I can get that same... Like sometimes, uh, just like really good IPA, yeah, is like life affirming. Well, I think, and I think what you're saying <laughs> is, honestly, is that you find you find joy with pieces with food and flavors, and that is a thing that sparks a little bit of joy in you, and that's what and that gives you that place that you're looking for. I don't think you're seeking substitution, you know, and, and I don't feel like it, but I, it's definitely, I'm sure it's emotional eating too. I mean, yeah. when your world is crashing in around you and well, you're yeah. trying to find a lifeline, creamy fettuccine noodles might yes. satisfy yes. you for that lifeline. Yeah. And I'm not saying that God knows, you know, like when we're on pressure for deadline and stuff, I, they all joke in the office because the food editor eats Cheetos. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't have any time to go get any food and I just have to eat something and I have to put something in my face right now. And it's always a bag of Cheetos. And so, and I'm not, that's not like, that's a stress moment. And so that's different. But I think it's funny though, because, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, uh, I think we, we do use food to comfort. And I think that's why there's a term called comfort food. Right. You know, I mean, there's an entire term of like meatloaf and mashed potatoes, which is supposed to sort of help 
kind of soothe you. But I think it's more to that. It's a there's a memory piece of it. Like for you, it's your husband's, and maybe the act of him cooking you food. Yeah, it could is, be. That's a closer attachment to it there than was, it is. Well, and I have to say, this is a very odd thought. But when I'm making that bag of smooth. Uh, smoothies, uh, microwave popcorn, and I'm putting that Velvet Bees honey butter. I am thinking about the people that own that farm. I think about the Velvet Bees honey people because I know them personally. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's also like weird in that way. Well, we are definitely on the show, definitely invested emotionally in food because that's yes. the whole reason we have a show. And that's the whole reason why you are probably listening to us. But- and I had El Burrito Salsa this week. I went to the Minneapolis location and had the salsa trio and that El Norteño kind of orange salsa that they have. That's it's it's spicy and it's thick and it coats the chip. And I haven't had it in a while. And I used to have it after chemo. Oh, well, yeah, I was like, means, oh, wow, those are triggers. Yeah. Those are they're definitely triggers. I think the difference is when you're like when you're like <laughs> someone is broken bereft, up with me and I'm going to eat 17 <laughs> fried chickens like that's a different thing. So I think that we're Let's clear on that this. hasn't happened. You know but. what? And I'm kind of interested in this idea of like emotional food. And this is actually why we have, I think, hot takes, which is we're going to talk about this next. We're going to take a quick break. But before we go, I want to let you know on the Facebook, we do have a question. And it's it's to me, it's kind of interesting because this is the thing where people get passionate about about kind of like a hill that they're going to die on with food, whether that's <laughs> a hot dog is a sandwich or the Sweet Martha's cookies are not that good. These are things that people have emotional reactions and feelings and passionate arguments. Yeah, when you said the Sweet Martha's cookies aren't that good, my, like... Right. Heart clenched. Uh huh. This is what I'm saying. So people, people, this is an argument. So this is a hot take. You know, we call them hot takes. And so who's we, what are the, what is hot take the view? No, hot take is like, that's a thing on the internet. When you have a hot take, when you have a very impassioned plea, the controversial thing that you throw out there, like what's your hot take on uh, like the, uh, the Aperol spritz. You're so much cooler than I (laughs) come on. (laughs) Don't even know. Read a little bit more. Hot take. So anyway, I, we have a question on what is your hot take is, you know, on the Facebook and I, we're going to go over those, but be ready because we're going to talk a little bit about some of the controversial things when we come back. This is the weekly dish. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are talking about We're pensive today. What? We're pensive. We're thoughtful. We're thoughtful and okay. talking about food strategy. Strategy. Are we strategizing? <laughs> let's strategize. Strategery. Uh let's talk a little bit about um let's talk about a hot take. What let's. is a hot take? <laughs> I just learned something new. I felt like it was like the name of the segment. So I was like, yeah. oh, uh-huh. hot take. Hot take. Let's <laughs> pop it off. Uh, so, uh, okay. So for those of you guys who may not you know, be on the internet as much as I am, which is a lot of people and that's okay. Uh, a hot take is obviously something that's like someone's impassioned and personal sort of uh, almost a diatribe about something. You okay. Know? Like Jan or Marsha. Yeah. But I mean like you, but it, it's not even just like a choice. It would sort of you would say like you have to have an opinion okay so you would say something like the Aperol spritz is not a good drink well and I would never is, say that right you wouldn't but that is what happened in the New York Times and uh, because it's very Instagram friendly right now the Aperol spritz is making its you know day it's it's been around for eons for God's sakes you are so, you are speaking to someone who spent time in Italy yes I know on a boat yeah going from Aperol spritz to Aperol spritz. Yes. That is like all I drank for about three weeks. Yes. And it, then in Croatia, they had them there too, like crazy. Yeah. There's an Aperol spritz bicycle that serves them in Las Vegas. 
out of like the bicycle because it's so hot right now. Because it's gotten so, and it's effervescent, it's well iced, it's a shade of orange that looks like planet Earth sunset, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got an orange it's low in alcohol, it. yeah, it's got, a, it's, it's a little, it's better than those other bitter drinks that people s- seem to love. The Negronis, the right, Campari right, sodas. Right. But here's the deal, and this is, this is this person's taste, this is by Rebecca Pepler in the New York Times on May 9th, and she says, but here's the problem, the Aperol Spritz isn't actually good. She says, served in branded jumbo wine glasses, the sugary aperitif is paired with low-quality Prosecco soda water in an outsized orange slice, resulting in something that drinks like a Capri Sun after soccer practice on a hot day. Not in a good way. I would just 100% disagree. They are fantastic. I know. She was in New York City looking out her window no. at the cold, drizzly metal buildings around her. She was not sitting on an island in Ventitene, waiting for the goat farmer to bring the cheese into the restaurant that they were going to be eating dinner at yeah, while they were not, sitting on a you, sailboat. Do you not believe that you have spritz. a very, very limited elite point of view then? I'm going to take my elite point of view and sleep with it because it was an amazing... Clearly. It's a dr- it's a great drink. Okay, but this it is like Kool Aid. It is sweet. It is saccharin. It is, and I'm just playing on her side of the on the uh, fence here. But she's like, it, it contains ingredients like bitter oranges and rhubarb. The bottle skews saccharin at best with a syrup like finish. And uh, she goes on to say, uh, I it's I like something that's way more bitter. This lacks the complexity of some of its other components. Um, and she says, she's, this woman has said she's seen the ride of Aperol branded spritzes and accompanying merchandise, which would be the bike, on both sides of the Atlantic. And there was a drastic upswing in Aperol spritz consumption after Campari bought the brand yeah, in 2003. Yeah, I was going to say, it got sold. But they're heavy on terrible quality and sweet, sweet Prosecco. A lot of people use bad Prosecco. And if yeah, the Aperol spritz isn't served immediately, she added, <clears throat> the ice melts and dilutes things so you get a watered down version of something that's not even the best expression of a drink. So why do we care about this person who's saying these things? Look at what this is exactly it. Like, why does she care about? But like that could be said about you and your opinion of it. Yes. But (laughs) is she like making a criticism? Yes. She that's what she's saying. So this was her like review of the Aperol Spritz. No, this is her hot take that it's not a good drink and that everybody who is like loving it and talking about it and is so amazing. And it's a look at my cute picture. And I love the Aperol Spritz. She's saying, you're all kind of lying to yourself. Okay, but here's the thing, and we just sort of talked about this. If you're having an Aperol spritz and you're sitting on a sailboat and you are in a harbor of the Romans and it's amazing. But you. Okay, (laughs) but you could be other places too. You could be anywhere. The point is, is she's, it's about, it's as much about place because sometimes having like a Irish coffee on a rainy, drizzly day in downtown St. Paul when you're sitting in W.A. Frost and it's cold and drizzly out, that Irish coffee is like the best thing ever. Totally. But as a drink, the Irish coffee isn't like the best. So this is what she's saying. Yeah. It's all about place, well, right? And uh, where you're at and who you're with. But this is... Okay. Let me mark back then this. So this is the hot take. This is what a hot take is. And this is the food the hill you die We're on. having a hot take yeah, right now. You're having a hot take. She's saying... Um, a well-made sprit is ideal, but the, most of the time they're not. 
And she's saying the best ones are nuanced, and uh, but you're but most of them taste like children's vitamins, <laughs> and it's wrong, and it's uh, it's a hangover waiting right. to happen. Well, we could say the same thing about everything. Well, no, but I mean the point is is that it's become it's more about like the like slaying the dragon, right? Because not every hot girl spritz is amazing, and that's her point is like now it's become like this thing. And I'm going to give you the the hottest hot take that happens in Minnesota, I think, which is Sweet Martha's cookies are not that good. Can According you to that you, one? you don't no, think they're that good? No, that's a hot take. That's no. a thing that people say. But don't you, if you're going to have a hot take, don't you have to be invested in the answer? Like, are you personally, Stephanie March saying you don't think they're that good? Uh... Okay, wait. What I'm trying to say is that because is, is if you're going to do a hot take. No, I understand that. I'm just trying to. I'm setting up the. Yeah. I'm setting up the story Got here it. right now. So give me a second <laughs> before you take your laser hot sword into me. <laughs> My point is, is that there are people. This is the thing. It's like there are so many hot takes all over. And like, what does that mean? Does that is it just like that we go and we were baited and so we have to fight? Yes. Is it like a celebrity <laughs> death exactly match? What it is of food. And so, like, if someone says to you, if I said to you, you know what? The Juicy Lucy's terrible. Yeah, someone. So I have on the really Facebook, terrible Bob Anders says the Juicy Lucy is overrated. That's a hot take. Like, and then you're yep. supposed to say, like, you know, he would tell you why he thinks it's overrated. And it's mostly about taking a thing that everybody likes and then sort of, like, scrubbing it down to what it actually is. Because we do tend to overhype things, right? For sure. Yeah. So yes. that's, that's We overhyped Giordano's pizza, deep dish pizza. Yeah. And it was... Flour, water, and salt. Well, Julie believes that pineapple absolutely belongs on pizza. Because Julie is doing your hot take game. Because she knows that that is creating. But that's what she believes as much as you believe that the Aperol Spritz is good. (laughs) There shouldn't be fruit on pizza. You don't have plum pizza. You don't have apple pizza. You have fig pizza. You do have apple pizza. I ate one last night with blue cheese. And apples? Yeah. Yum. I know. Figs. So that's, you know, and how about, so we're playing the, we're playing the hot take game, right? Because here's the deal, but everyone has, and this is the other thing is that we tend to get, and I like the hot take because of the fact that I feel like we get caught up in hype and then people, you lose your actual identity yeah and you go and you, everyone goes, Oh my God, I absolutely love, you know, corn dogs are always the best and everyone loves corn dogs, corn dogs and parental pup. That's a whole different thing. Cause that is an equal, I think an equal thing. If I had to really say if the Aperol spritz is like a quality drink. Yeah. Meaning like from a flavor profile, from a taste profile, from an execution profile. I, I don't know that I could say it's the most high quality drink. It's not, but I don't care. Well, it's like that context of it when you have it. I mean, you could say the same thing really about bootleggers, and I love those too. Yeah. Because it's just like a camera Minute Maid limeade and some muddled mint. Right? I don't think, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily the, the, the essence of it. I think what she's saying is that most of them are bad because they're not made correctly. And now it's become this thing that it doesn't matter because everyone has decided that they're so pretty that they're just going to take, you yeah. know what it is? It's the freaking latte. The latte art thing, too. Oh, it's like that whole go. thing, the cup of coffee with your latte <laughs> art, to me, is not that special. I don't get it. And so ah. that would be my hot take, which we have this argument about. Yes. And for you, it's like a beautiful expression that must be captured and, dis- and pretty much and done. Because it's so simple. Like the simple beauty of that 
meal or whatever and you're yet, having. If I took a picture of a piece of cheese on a cracker on a Triscuit and put that on my Instagram every day. And it you, would be 100% in keeping with who you are. And I would know that that is your expression of love. If it wasn't me, if someone else put a piece of cheese on a cracker It'd and was funny. like, it's simple and it's, <laughs> ele- it's elegantly perfect. I'm going to start a fake Instagram account that just celebrates the most uh, weird things. I think you totally should. I know. I'm you have a funny way of looking at things. That's why you're a food editor and good at it. I mean, I hope so. Anyway, I'm going to go. <laughs> before we go, I'm going to give you my hot take on Sweet Martha's cookies. And then I'm going to hang up the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we do have this Ask Stephanie portion uh, coming up. 651-641-1071. If you want to call and give us your hot take. Here's my hot take on Sweet Martha's cookies. In the moment, they're great. If you actually step away from the stand and have to walk around the fair with a bucket of them, you're going to regret it. And don't take them home because they're bad when they get home. Oh, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are in the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call. 651-641-1071. If you have a question, you have a recommendation, if you got a hot take that you want to die on a hill for, you know, we got, we're here for all of that. Ham should be nowhere near cheese. Who said that? I'm saying it. Oh, That's you're my saying hot take. ham and cheese? Why do people put ham and cheese together? Because they're melty and delicious. Cheese goes with everything. Six five. <laughs> do you have one, like a reason, or is it just four, like you don't one, like it? One oh seven one. And I just want you to know, I had to really think hard I was to not say. say my cell phone number again. Oh, good. Apparently, some people are. Little, did you get a little stalker action? <laughs> I mean, why not? Right. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. We want to take your calls live on the air. <sighs> We're sick of one. talking to each other. We want to have some other input. <sighs> okay, can we just talk about brunch for a second? I mean, sure. Um, someone was asking me where is a good place to go to brunch in South Minneapolis, and the only thing I could think of was <laughs> I could think of El Burrito because I know that they have brunch on Saturday and Sundays. Yeah. Um, like, where else are you going to go for brunch on in South Minneapolis? Oh, everywhere. I mean, I, that's the weirdest thing to me. There's like brunches everywhere. Like you could go to St. Genevieve. You could Ooh, go to. I love to, that place. I forgot to say that one. That yeah. is a great place for brunch. And it's a lovely brunch. I mean, it's, it's a, a really have nice a really like, good, ladies brunch. And too. they have a croak, I think, madame, which I love. Well, ham a little, and cheese. Well, ham and cheese. <laughs> shockingly enough. Oh, my God. That's so true. That's exactly what that is. Um, there's, uh, I mean. Oh, uh, the Kenwood. The Kenwood is has delicious brunch, the, and they have brunch every day too. Like you can do br- weekend brunch, but you can also brunch every single day. Um, High Low Diner, you know what I mean? That's kind yeah. of fun. Um, I would say I just had a really good cauliflower taco at Sonora Grill. Oh, that sounds good. It was really good with a margarita that had jalapenos in it. Oh, I love that margarita. Was that was fantastic. on my margarita crawl. Yeah, yeah it was. and I've been thinking about it since we had that show where we talked about it. So I finally went and ate it. Right. Um, you know what else is, uh, oh, dang it. I just had it and it went away. Darn it. I had a good one and then, it, oh, Bungalow Club. Oh, Our friend yes. Jay is always telling us that he's brunching at Bungalow Club. And Didn't you just go there? I did. And did you go for brunch? <clears throat> nope. Oh. I went there to just have a drink, but it was, it was very tasty. Uh-huh. They have a nice bar too. And they have a really cute hidden patio that people don't know that they have. It's, 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 well, it was, yeah, I mean, it was the Craftsman forever ago, and that was always a legendary patio. They're going to be doing some fun things. They're yeah. going to be doing some wine nights and things like that out there. Um, hey, since no one's calling and talking to us, let me ask you this. Would you stay at a Taco Bell 
themed resort hotel. Okay, you're stealing my dribs oh, and drabs. I didn't know that was a dribs and drabs. Yes. Okay, I can hold. Okay, and we're going to talk about that in a minute because oh, I have sorry. definite feelings about it. You have a whole it. section on that and I didn't see it. My it's bad. okay, I do. Um, all right, here is another question that just came in. Hi, okay. my boyfriend Chuck is looking for a delicious old-fashioned, and I'm not a whiskey drinker. Where should I go for the best old-fashioned in town? Well, that's just... I mean, I just did an old-fashioned segment, by the way. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did it on Twin Cities Live, and so maybe we can link up to that. But to me, there's are there are three top old-fashions in town. There's three. And my number one is at Belcour, and that's because... Not just because it's in my neighborhood, but because it is an elegant expression of an old-fashioned. Because it is, like smooth and it's kind of like it's it's just soft and i love it because it's made with this maker's mark you know special bourbon that they engineered specifically for an old-fashioned so to me belcourt's number one number two is the parlor bar and their part old-fashioned is of course you know just beautiful at knob creek and it's really really delicious and then number three is the hewing which is they sell more old fashions i think than anybody in town, like that's the drink that they sell the most of. And if you think about the Hewing Hotel, like and how yep. busy that place is, and they are, uh, they are, um, they use both Knob Creek single barrel, Knob Creek rye, I think, and Jim Beam bonded. It is like 180 proof that thing. It's crazy. It sounds delicious. It's delicious. And then the big news, of course, is that there is a, uh, there's a new beer by Modest Brewing, brewed in conjunction with. Uh, parlor bar and they are launching it next week called booze hound and it is what they're calling a brewed spirit which is basically a high octane beer that is mimics an old-fashioned we're when seeing a lot it, of these beer spirit like drinks which is has a couple well this is this is the first time that it's they're the only ones who are doing it through this special filter that they have so that they can actually get a different mix of just barley because there's there's is mostly corn the same mash bill as a as knob creek and what they've done is they filtered it so that they got it to as high an alcohol content as possible 20 percent abv on that 20 percent wow so they're only selling it like a sipper like a cocktail yeah okay we do have a couple uh people on the line i'm gonna go with christy first christy what's your question hi i was wondering what is the best porchetta recipe you can give me I used to get them when we went up north and cook at the IGA, and then it burned down, and we haven't had good ones since. What about Zups? Oh, sem- well, Zups is okay, but it wasn't as good. As, it's not as good as the IGA. Okay. So I'm wondering if you guys have a good recipe. So are, you're looking, I can tell you, while well, Steph's, you're looking for the spice combination. There yep. is a there's a really good porchetta sandwich at a place called Iron Ranger at Lexington and Grand in St. Paul, if you haven't had that Ooh. yet. Ooh, that sounds good. It's very delicious. I think there's one at the New York Times that is a really good one. Um, it's got all the garlic, lemon, herb, and then, you know, I think the big thing that we add in the north is fennel, you know? And okay. so I would make sure yep. to add some little fresh fennel on, into that, or f- fennel powder even. But the okay. New York Times has a porchetta pork roast recipe that's pretty good. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks. Gail. You bet. All right, we have David on the line. David, you have a hot take for us? I do, but I actually have a comment about um, the, I was just going to talk about the comfort eating too. Oh, please, whatever you got. I totally relate to Stephanie and your fettuccine Alfredo problem. (laughs) Yeah, yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're kind of soul sisters, and I'm thinking we should maybe be each other's food sponsor. Yes, I might need one, David. We're going to grab because. that slippery piece of fettuccine like it's a lifeline. <laughs> yep. The only difference is I don't have anybody to make it for me. I just make a big old pot myself. Oh, David. Yeah. I think That's, Kurt would make so, it for you. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. But anyway, I also have a hot take, and I'm going to one-up your Martha's cookies. Do it. And pretty much say all the state fair food is really not very good. <laughs> David! I would say cheese curds are an exception, except they need some little nice spicy dipping sauce or something. Okay, and now they have but, like jalapeno curds out there. And yeah, ranch curds. I, I, I don't know. It's yeah. really expensive. The fries are soggy. I, yeah. Oh, David! The corn is good, but pretty much everything else is not worth waiting in line. Okay. okay, my this heart is, is feeling stabbed. Yeah, I love it. It's definitely a good hot take. Thanks, Thanks David. David. Yeah, th- that's true. Okay, we also have Steve on the line. Steve, what's going on? So when you can't get to Belcour for a great old-fashioned and you are out on the lake in your boat, Heather Manley's Crooked Water Spirits has a delicious old-fashioned in a bottle. Too you true. Are 100% right, my friend. Too true. If you have, if you are quickly needing to get that, you don't want someone else to mix it for you and you're just, you need it now, that is a great, that is a great testament. We agree. We use that for our 85-year-old uh, mother-in-law so she can have her six o'clock old-fashioned. I just buy her those bottles and she always goes, is it expensive? I'm yeah. like, I'm not telling you. Yeah. Just drink it. Enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Dash Fire Bitters, uh, those guys also have an old-fashioned yes, bottle. Yes, they do have one coming out. Um, It's been out. Oh. Yeah, it's out. It was out all holiday season. Okay, I've not had it. I, was, I thought yeah. it was coming out this summer. Mm-mm, nope, they right. got it. Um, but there is, uh, but yeah, definitely in the canned cocktails that are coming, oh, you guys. we're going to have to do a whole Ooh. segment about that. There's so many. I know. And then, uh, and I will say there's the Cayman Jack. Have you had those Cayman Jack little margarita things? I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just wondering if other people do, because to me, they taste metallic-y and weird. I'm looking for a margarita in a can, and it has to be good. I'm a connoisseur. So There's anyone... Cuervo. I think Cuervo has little cans of margaritas. But they're not good. Are they not good? No. Like, I don't want to just have it to have it. it. It has to be good, or I'll have something else. All right. I, that would be interesting to kind of dig Let's into go on that. a quest. All right. We're going to take a break, you guys. When we come back, stay tuned for the second hour of the show. We are stacked with good, fun things to talk about. This is a weekly dish on my talk. 1071. We'll be right back.